Yo, what's up, senders? Welcome back to another episode of the Segment Podcast. As you all know, segments are places on the trail that we call a certain thing, but segments are also moments. And when we take those moments and we enjoy those rides, we always have a great experience. Most always have a great experience. In this episode, I have my special guest, Adam Mock, to really help us get tools to go with the segments on the trail, as well with segments in our life. And those pieces are through grit and resilience. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode with licensed coaching specialist, Adam Mock, as we go through these two pieces. And uh, thank you, as always, for joining me on these episodes, these moments, these segments. I really, really appreciate it. Special thank you also goes out to the supporters of the show. First of all, Tasco. Thank you so much to Tasco. If you click on the link in the description box, you will get a code for 15% off of the TascoMTV.com website. Anything that you want there, Tasco related, you'll get 15% off. Also, special thank you to SpyOptic, spyoptic.com for your lifestyle eyewear or the foundation goggles, whatever you want on spyoptic.com. Click the link there and enter sender10 upon checkout and get 10% off of your purchase through Spy Optic. Also, special thank you to the bike supporter YT Industries Live Uncaged. If you haven't had a chance to check out to check out YT, please do so. They are direct to consumer, so you won't find YT bikes out in the bike shops, but you can go to the YT Industries website, check out their bikes. You can also, if you're in the area to a local YT mill, you can go into the YT mill and demo the bikes and look at the bikes or just look out on the trails and you are guaranteed to see a YT bike out there. If you see me out on the trails, please come up, say hi, check out the bike that I'm on. Currently, I'm on the YT Jeff C Core 4 150 Travel in the front and back and all fun. Also, last but not least, thank you for quenching my thirst. Kapu Coffee, Kapu Coffee, a cold brew coffee maker. They are based out of San Diego and manufacturer of the make your own cold brew. You basically put water into these cold brew bags made by Kapu Coffee and you put it in the fridge for 18 hours and you have delicious ice cold coffee to enjoy after your ride. So thank you so much to everybody and all the supporters of the show. Without further ado, let's get into the episode with Adam Mock on grit and resilience. Hey everybody, what's up senders? Welcome back to another episode of the segment podcast. Man, this is going to be a fun one tonight because um, recently a friend of ours, uh, Joey here and I, were watching one of our friends and he recently had a bad crash. And uh, we started seeing like a lot of comments around crashes and it got me thinking, we all have this music in our in the back of our mind talking about crashes and then doubts and things like that. And some people's music is playing louder than others. For example, uh, Joey, you and I were at a place down in San Diego called Disneyland. <laughs> and uh, that was an yeah. awesome ride. We had uh, Luis Fierro out there. Steve Caballero was out there. We had, um, you know, the, uh, what do they call they called them Del Martians. My buddy Jeff and his crew were out there. And we stumbled upon a place called Disneyland. And that first gap jump was one of those either you're going to commit to it and do it and the rest of the line is yours or you could let 
you know, doubt and other things seep in and I don't know. And man, it's such a mindset thing. And Joey, you at the beginning of the ride, before we even got on the bikes, you're like, not hitting any jumps today. I'm just going to take it nice and easy. But when we got there, you were the first one to send yourself (laughs) up and over the trail on that big gap jump. That was... that's what a ride does for you though. You start off, you know, one frame of mind, you go for that ride. We did some climbing, we did some downhill and then you're, you're feeling it and uh, your mindset changes. And we got to that, to Disneyland and that first gap jump, I looked at it and I said, this is going to get in my head. I'm, I can do this. And I just turned around and went back up there and hit it. That was and insane. Yeah, that, that was awesome because <laughs> I, I like trickled down the trail with my full brakes on front and back brakes, looking at every jump, got to the last one, came back up the line and there was a crowd right by that big gap jump. And everybody was like hooting holler and they're like, Joey just hit it. I was like, what? <laughs> he said he wasn't going to do any jumps today. They're like, yeah, it was awesome. He sent it. So because of that, I had the confidence that you were able to tow me in because the trust in the squad. Right. I was like, Joey, can you tow me in? Is this trail speed? I don't even know what speed it is, but I'll follow you through it. And uh, man, that was such a great experience. That was such a great day. That was a great day. And and it's that it's it's like mindsets like that that can put you in positions for things that you want to accomplish on and off the bike. So when we talk about mindset, we talk about different types of things. And I reached out to our good buddy, Adam Mock, who I don't know if a lot of you guys all know. You all know Adam Mock, the mountain biker. He does these amazing videos. He puts a lot of grit and a lot of um, effort into his his videos and his, um, what he puts out there. But Adam also is certified LCS. So he is a life coach and he works with like C-suite people when it comes to like motivation, grit, resilience, things like that. He works with Nike. He works with Jordan brand. He works with hall of famers and he just happens to be a a guy on a mountain bike that happens to be our friend. So I reached out to him because of all this chatter about crashing and about doubt. And uh, even in the workforce, people not going back to work right now, it's like, you can't find people in most places. Everyone's trying to hire. And so I figured we need Adam Mock to come and talk some, some grit and some resilience. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Joey, are you ready to bring on our guest for the I'm, evening? I'm excited for this one. He's not only a friend, he's someone I look up to. So yeah, this is going to yeah, be a great night. I know. Dude, I still remember when we discovered Adam Mock. He's like a secret discovery because when you discover him, you're like, how has nobody else discovered this guy yet? And I know the time will come when we're like, Adam, don't forget about us because (laughs) you're blowing up like crazy. (laughs) But I remember you said to me, how did you find Adam Mock and how do we spend more time with this guy? And I want to surround myself with more people like him. And I was like, dude, Joey, you nailed it. That's exactly, that's exactly right. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, Let's bring in our guest for the evening, Mr. Adam Mock. What's up, buddy? What's happening? My heart is all warm and fuzzy after that. <laughs> Y'all are so nice. That must that be the tequila great. I sent you. Is that the tequila? <laughs> it's after, it's delicious tequila, Mark. It was delicious. Hey, I got to do a callback. You had a podcast, like a few podcasts ago, and you asked a question like, hey, we got to come up with a nickname for Joey Yates. You know, he's, he's uncaged. 
And it, one of the things I had said in the chat that stuck with me, I just want to call it out in front of everyone. Cause if you've, if you've been around Joey, I said, let's call him the calm before the storm. And I, I mean, this is such a great compliment. Like Joey's so like dope and chill. And then he does stuff like you're talking about, like he sends a gap or he's taking like rad lines and things like that. And it's like, that's, that's what I think of with him is he's just this calm before the storm. I think he's a great model of composure. So kudos yeah. to you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Joey, don't disappear. Stay there. You look, you look good. I know he doesn't like his type of attention. <laughs> but, uh, no, that's a great call out. Joey's definitely the calm before the storm. You. Mm -hmm. Always love having him on the rides. And yeah. speaking of, of rides and having people, look at all the folks we have on tonight. We have Isaiah Bernstein from the Trail Dogs. What's Ooh. up? Trail Ooh. Dogs is out there. Says, I love Adam. Aww. Rich on two wheels. What's up, Rich? Rich is my my bud. Joey and I's buddy. He works. He's the manager of Dionese OC. He's actually recovering from surgery. And Ooh. man, he's getting close, Rich. You're a couple weeks out from getting back on that bike, which I'm excited I remember that about. story. I remember that on your video. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that day, Joey? When Yeah, when like, yeah, that was hard. Yeah. Yeah, that was a rough one. We had to we had to go down and get the truck and, and four-wheel him out of there. Um tough guy though. Tough, tough guy, yeah. Rich. Um Robert is on the phone, says, What's up? Oh, dude, MTB Rad Dad going from his YouTube <laughs> podcast to this one. Thank I you love for this community me. so much. How dope. <laughs> You're all like hanging out with with Adam and, and Tony and uh, Desert Rat, and then we bounce over here. It's an online party tonight. Yes, I, I love it so much. I love it so much. And my legs are still healing from Cat Cove. I mean, that <laughs> that climb, that desert terrain is definitely no joke. Some spots, Adam told me, it's going to feel like this, the climbs are extremely steep and they're unforgiving and there's like baby heads as you're climbing up, but there's also like sand washes where you feel like you're in a soft sand riverbed, but you're climbing. Oh. And it's just like, man, sounds awful. Place. Oh man, it was awful. It was, but the the juice was definitely worth the squeeze. We we got to DH Han and Cat Canyon. Amazing, amazing stuff. Okay. MTB Raging, Craig is oh, off. Craig. He said, he, he's on. He says, I think it's rubbing off. Adam Mock is super positive, and I love that Mark and Adam don't sell yourself short on that. You're all rad, dudes. Thank you, brother. Ah, I appreciate good. Thanks, Craig. I know. Look at it. Producer Debbie's on the, on the What's line. What's up, Debbie? Hey, Hi, Debbie. What's up? Dude, Central Coast, Mark Scouts out mm -hmm. is here. Always love to see Mark Scouts out. So cool. Love it, love it, love it. All right, so let's get into this, this whole Good. concept of grit and resilience, the the mentality. We all know that we could be physical on the bike, but there is way more mental that accompanies us on the trails. And uh, so, Adam, I mean, where yeah, do we even start? Oh, all right, I'm going to go backstage. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, Joey. Pop up anytime. <laughs> Love Joey Yates. This is such a great, great question, Mark. And I, I genuinely geek out over this topic. As Mark mentioned, if you're unfamiliar with me, uh, I have an LCS designation, stands for Leadership Coaching Specialist. It's not a title I gave myself. That's something that's earned. You do case studies. You actually take on clients. Uh, you learn tools. Um, and as Mark mentioned, I've been able to use those tools to help uh, individuals, families, couples, um, professionals. I really believe, and this is something I want everyone to understand, these leadership tools I believe we should have had back in school 
I don't think they're exclusive for C-suite execs or elite athletes. What I will talk about tonight, whether we're using the analogy or the examples of being on the trails, please adopt in your life. And at first they will be clunky and they will feel confusing and, and it'll feel like the tools are dull. And that's just because you're unfamiliar with them, right? It's kind of like the first time you get on the bike and you don't realize how gnarly uh, a blue gets compared to green or a black compared to blue and then a double black. And then those things feel clunky and scary. And I love how uh, our friends, um, Kelly and John talk about the more you ride, the more the world flattens out. The trails are the trails and challenges in our life will be challenges. They are difficult. It's living at full choice and understanding what tools you have at your disposal to handle those challenges. And so please adopt everything that I'm going to say tonight to any part of your life, whatever your brain goes to that thing you're scared to talk about that you're scared to admit to people, uh, or maybe you are vocal and, and very vulnerable and authentic with it. Use it there. Uh, I also want to encourage you all. Uh, yeah. Use that chat. I'm going to be side eyeing it. I know Joey's going to be looking at it and Mark's going to be looking at it. When I get to facilitate teachings, uh, at places like Nike or Jordan brand, what makes them unique and what makes them sticky is the ability to have contribution. They're not interruptions, contribution from anyone who's tuning in uh, or anyone who's participating in that training. And so I would love to encourage you all to do that. And I will answer as many questions as I can. Resiliency is not an easy topic, but it's a worthwhile topic. And it is the pursuit of your life. It's a quest that you're on. Resiliency does not happen overnight. You don't just all of a sudden pick up some tools and you're like, oh, I got this. It'll be something that will constantly be challenged. And when we talk about resiliency, we're simply talking about the ability to bounce back quickly after setbacks. That's it in a nutshell. Bounce back quickly after setbacks. Think about a reed bending in the wind and being able to come back without breaking. That's what we're talking about with resiliency. The uh, American uh, Psychological Association actually has a really complex definition of resiliency, but two key components of it is the ability to adapt and also, they actually list in their definition that it usually brings, brings about profound personal growth. And so resiliency is adaptive and it's about growing. And Isaiah's asking a great question about what's the definition of, of purpose. And uh, this, is, this is such a hard thing, right? This is like this esoteric brass ring, like, what's your purpose? I do a lot of talking about purpose. I do a lot of training with people about purpose. Purpose is the best way to describe it in a nutshell. So, so it's easy to understand is purpose is why, why am I here? That's purpose. The answer to that is purpose. Why do I get up to ride the trails every day? Why should I get up after crashing? Why should I try again uh, after failing? Why should I continue on in this relationship? Why should I continue to work out? Why should I continue to strive for better connections? The answer to that is purpose and purpose is intimately tied to connection. You really won't have purpose apart from people. If you look for it apart from people, you're going to find yourself flat. You'll hit a glass ceiling. Purpose is intimately tied to people. So resiliency is the ability to bounce back quickly after setbacks. And when we start to, to evolve into grit, grit is, is passion and purpose, which Isaiah is bringing up for the long term. The long game. What's the thing that you really want, and what are you willing to do to get it? And so that's what we're gonna we're gonna break down uh, today on that. 
Um, you know, Mark, I know a lot of times because you and I watch and sub to so many different channels and when people have crashes, uh, whether it be on the trails or they have a devastating setback in their life in some way, relationally, financially, spiritually, maybe even emotionally, the question is, uh, how do you come back from that? Mm -hmm. Right. And it's such a hard thing to answer, like in a comment section, because we're so unique as individuals. So the answer isn't just get back on the horse. That's that's really not it. So I'm going to start to unpack this a bit uh, for everybody. In order to be resilient, to be considered resilient, in order to be gritty, you need to know who you are. Now, some of you may already know and be familiar with this kind of language or this topic of who are you. And you might have watched some other videos that I've put out on that, maybe on Instagram. But if you haven't, I want you to ask yourself right now, who am I? Imagine I'm just sitting across from you one-on-one -on -one and I say, who are you? And think about how would you answer that? Now, many times when I'm working with clients, the knee-jerk reaction is to tell me their position at work. I get a mm -hmm. title. I'm a COO. I'm a CEO. I'm a manager. I'm a director. I'm an associate. I hold this title at work. The next thing they usually tell me is their relational position in life, meaning I am a husband, I am a father, I am a brother, I am a wife, I am a mother, I'm a sister. They tell me their relational position. Now I'm gonna show you the big danger in these things. You are not your role at work. That is not who you are, that is something you do. And you're not your relational role, that's something that you choose or might've been born into. And so what tests your resiliency is not knowing who you are when you are set back. Meaning, if you get fired from your job and you said, I am a regional director, that's who I am, and now you're fired and you don't have that title, and I say, who are you? You're gonna say, I don't know, Adam. I don't know. And if you say, I am a husband, I'm a wife, I'm a partner, I'm in a relationship with someone, and I say, what happens if that relationship dissolves and you identified with that, and I say, now, who are you? You're going to say, I, I don't know. <laughs> and Joe is saying, I'm the Colorado kid. And that usually wows then, then enough to not ask me another question. That's true. I'm usually wowed by that. And then, and then his good looks. He's a good looking guy in dude. real life. Yeah, it's on like, video, but he's a good looking dude. Movie star quality for movie sure. Movie star quality. So you have to know who you are. Now, now here's the foundation for everything when it comes to resiliency. You need to be able to answer who you are. And the key to that is answering it in a way where your answers, you're the only one who can change those answers, meaning it's based on your values and beliefs. Okay. It's your values that define who you are and guide you towards your purpose, your big why. It's your beliefs that dictate how you're going to choose things. Okay. And so we are born with, uh, let's say, two to three core values. And these are values that are usually modeled for us by our parents or an authority figure in our life, a guardian that we had growing up. From there come really important values. You are going to choose three to five values for yourself. Some of you might say you value money, which isn't bad. You value it as a means to help people out, to elevate them, to fund their Kickstarters or GoFundMes, right? You're going to have some chosen values. And then outside of that, you have societal values. Don't kill people. Don't steal someone's flipping bike, especially when they're knocked out. I think I saw something from Kelly 
uh, on her story where someone was knocked out on a trail, woke up without their flipping bike. <laughs> That's <laughs> right? crazy. Crazy. And so values, you decide. I can choose today, Mark, that I value kindness, that I value generosity. And tomorrow I can say, I don't give a rip about either one of those things. And that starts to mold who I am. Okay. Now your resiliency is going to be tied to purpose, something Isaiah brought up uh, earlier. And if you don't know who you are, you won't know where you're going and you absolutely won't know why you're going there. And you need to be able to answer those questions for yourself almost on a weekly basis because of the the winds of change, the stresses of life. Look mm -hmm. at yourself in the mirror. And I'm not even trying to be funny with this. This is some like SNL skit. Ask yourself, who am I? Do I know? Mm -hmm. And if you don't work towards finding that out, especially work on it as hard, if not harder than you do out on the trails or anything else that you pursue in your life. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't know who you are and I say, well, where are you going? The answer to where you're going is gonna be based on other people's expectations of you, mm -hmm. usually or your comparisons of yourself compared to other people, right? Which happens right. a lot out on the, on the trails or off the trails. Look at that, always... I love this. Isaiah saying the, yeah. the Marines have three core values, honor, courage, and commitment. So that's your foundation of values, honor, courage, and commitment. And when you enlist to be a Marine, you're agreeing to those values. You're agreeing to uphold those values. So part of it are, is core, and the other part is saying I'm making a choice to those things. Not just when you are together with your group and your squad, but everywhere in your life as a Marine, as a representative of, of, of the Marine Corps. So if you can't say, uh, if you don't know who you are, you won't know why you're or, or where you're going, because that's going to be dictated by expectations of others, your parents, people you look up to, bosses, people who have perceived more status than you. And the last question, you won't know why you're going there at all. You'll have no idea why you're going there. Hmm. So now let's get back to resiliency. Well, Rich is saying that that that's so true. He always thought that he was a master motorcycle mechanic and, and then I wasn't. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and that's that. Now here's the thing. It doesn't mean that you're not a, a great motorcycle mechanic. You don't wrap your identity in it. That's all. You don't wrap your identity in it. It's something you do and it's something you enjoy and it's something that you can be skilled in doesn't define you. Your values and beliefs will guide you towards that. So you have a setback. We're talking about this idea of resilience and you have a setback. Your number one question is going to be, why should I get up from this? Right? Why, why do I want to do this again? And that's why purpose is so important. You hit a jump and let's say it's a gap jump and you, and you case it, you don't make the transition and you OTB and you're wrecked. And people are like, oh, just send it. Just get back on the horse. Get back on the bike. Try it again. And you're hurting physically, emotionally. You're scared, right? And you have maybe you're you're with a bad squad, and there's a there's a flock around you that's like telling you to send it again. You, I don't really want to do that right now. I don't I don't know why I did it in the first place. Maybe I did it because everybody else was doing it, and I didn't want to feel left out. So where are you going? I'm going to hit that jump. Why are you going to hit that jump? I I don't know. Everyone else is doing it. You know, you don't know what's important to you. Okay. Trail dogs are saying purpose for me is how I treat people or how I can affect people in a positive way. And that's something that can never be taken from me. That's exactly my point. You choose that. You choose that value. And a good leader, Isaiah is saying a good leader shows you why. And a bad leader shows you what. Dropping some knowledge there.
for sure. Either way, good or bad leader, by the way, let me, let me say something right now. Leadership is not optional. Number one thing I teach, it's not optional. You don't get to turn it on and off. I don't care if you chose it or you are reluctantly thrust into it. Leadership is simply influence and you can influence for the good or the bad. Many of us have heard the story of the alcoholic father with the two kids and they grow up and one child becomes an alcoholic and the other one doesn't. And when asked why, they both answer because my father was an alcoholic. Hmm. You're modeling for people at all times. You are leading at all times. You don't get to turn it on and off. Okay. So choose it, choose what you're doing. So you need to understand who you are. You have a setback. And the first question is going to be, why should I get back to it? This is based around purpose. And, the, and we don't have a lot of time today. Normally when I do this training, this is over the course of two days. And I have a chance to unpack it and I have questions that people can bring home. I just really want you to focus on, if you forget anything else from this podcast, answer the question, who am I? Be able to answer that and don't attach it to a title. And you're going to start being led towards, towards this idea of, uh, of purpose. Now, the other thing is I want you to get very specific about what it is that keeps you from getting up. And this is a real fundamental, fundamental uh, error that people make is they're not specific enough. So they're unable to address or grow their resiliency. They're unable to adapt and grow it. Here's an example of that. Let's say um, I wipe out on a jump and I say afterward, I'm scared to get back on my bike. Okay. That's not specific. And it's probably not true. I'm not scared to get back on my bike. I'm scared to hit a flip and jump. Yeah, scared and to crash even, again, yeah. Exactly, Mark. And even more specifically, I'm scared of what you're saying. I'm scared to crash again, and even probably more so, I'm scared of getting hurt, mm -hmm. specifically on a jump. Maybe I won't be hurt or, or sketch going down tech. I won't be sketched to go down a green trail. It's not that I'm scared to get on my bike or do manuals or wheelies or bunny hops or anything like that. You need to get specific. And so this is a tool that we call naming it. If you really want like some fun rhyming and alliterations and things, well, it wouldn't be alliterated, but rhyme, you know, we say like name it and claim it. The idea here is to get so specific that it's no longer this big giant cloud over you. It's something that is contained. You actually imagine it like in a jar, you name it. And I'm not trying to be funny here. I'm not saying like you name it something like Molly or Jim or whatever. I mean, I guess you could. What I'm saying is give it, give it structure. Give it a sentence around it. If Mark and I both were to be in front of an audience and we both say we're scared to speak in front of people, that's not specific enough. Because if I were to say, do we have the same fear? The answer is no, we don't have the same fear. We don't know enough information because I might be scared to speak in front of people because I might be scared of how I look and that they're going to laugh at my appearance. And Mark, you might be scared of forgetting what you want to say. And coming across yeah. as stupid, right? Right. Judgment. Yeah. Exactly. Now we're specific enough to not have it be this, sorry, just hit my mic, this big giant cloud. But now we can actually address in a coaching session, I would address, well, let's address this idea of getting laughed at. Let's address this idea of forgetting what you want to say and feeling stupid. Hmm. Okay. So we, we get specific. So whatever that thing is, you've been knocked down that, that you have to think about getting up. I want you to name it. And we have some questions coming in, in here. Um, Tim is saying, can't let feeling like being scared, control your actions. Thank you for that, Tim. You're right. I will say this fear is healthy and it's normal. Trembling is normal. 
You're when you are in fight, flight, or freeze, your body goes from pumping one gallon of blood per minute to five gallons per minute, and it will affect Ooh. you biologically. Your nostrils will flare. Your breathing gets, gets increased. Your muscles tense up. Fear is absolutely normal, and it can be so healthy. You decide what to do with it. We experience the world first through emotion. It hits your amygdala. Then it has to go to the prefrontal cortex, the front of your mind, to the command center where you get to decide what you want to do with it. And that's where all the power lies is that. Is, isn't that? Joe Loggs is asking, how do you balance leadership with a title or show leadership without getting caught up in a title? The title is just information. It's responsibility. That's all it is. That's no different than if you are a parent or you've committed to a relationship, you have a responsibility in that relationship. You have a responsibility to be a parent. It's simply your responsibility. You don't identify with it. You don't put that title up on a pedestal. You understand the weight of your responsibility and influence. That's how you balance uh, leadership with a title. Hmm. Isaiah is saying, the fear I have after a bad injury is I'm scared to be off the bike. Yeah, it took me yeah. a long time to tail left-hand berm after I broke my collarbone. So I went out and practiced berms like I've never done. Nice. So that's, that's the fear of missing out. That's pure FOMO, right? Scared. I, I assume, and I mean, I say, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I, you probably feel like you are missing out on something by not being on the bike when you are surrounded with people who record every minute of every second that they're on a bike and put it out there on, on YouTube. And you're part of a wonderful squad with the trail dogs, this pack uh, that's doing it. So I would imagine part of that is, did I, did I miss a step? You know, what will happen? And I would tell you that that's what we call back energy. A lot of you have heard of something called growth mindset. I refer to it as forward energy. So back energy continues to look back on the past. This is where we ask for feedback. Hey, an event happened. Can you tell me how I can improve the event that happened? But when you look back, you run the risk of only focusing on the problem and not the solutions. You run the risk of focusing on what went wrong as opposed to what is in your control and what can go right for you right now. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I would say stay on the forward side of energy and look at things that you can look forward to. What's currently in your control? What are you going to do when you are able to get back to it? What are you doing in the meantime? What is everyone else doing around you that lights you up, that keeps your mind sharp? They've done studies on this with free throws with NBA players. They did a whole study on this where they actually had like a, a whole set of NBA players actually shoot free throws, uh, I think for, for a month. And then they had a whole other set, not shoot free throws, but imagine that they were shooting it and being successful with it. And then a control group that did nothing. And Mark, I know you're not in your head. You probably heard this study. It's, it's remarkable. Yeah, it's amazing. And, right? And the ones who just envisioned it, this growth mindset, they outperformed the ones who even physically did it just because they were able to control everything in their mind. So Isaiah, I would tell you, focus on the things that are, are within, your, in, within your control. Now, as I was saying, you need to name this thing because it has to go from being a big thing, like I don't want to get on my bike to a specific thing. I don't want to jump again. And you need to also be okay. So part of this idea of resiliency and grit is the idea of purpose. And I told you, know who you are. That's going to lead you towards purpose. The other part of it is going to be boundaries. You actually need to have boundaries to be resilient, okay? Because it would be stupid for someone with a significant injury to go right back on the first trail they hit is the one that they wiped out on that injured them. And we live in a culture, like we're all part of a mountain biking culture that has this word redemption. And so it's kind of ingrained in us that we have to get redemption on the thing that knocked us down. 
And I'm telling you, you don't have to every time. You absolutely do not have to. Living a full choice says, I tried it. I'm choosing not to do it again. I'm just drawing a boundary. Redemption or not, my redemption is continuing to be on the bike, continuing to progress. But I don't need to hit that feature again to prove to myself that I have been redeemed from this setback. You don't need to do that. There is a role. Mark, I know you you were there. Joey was there. A bunch of us uh, were there. Kelly, John, Craig, Blair. Uh, I hope I'm not forgetting. There's such a big flock that day. Oh, yeah. TNA and you, you hit that huck at the Choose Your Own Adventure, right? You yes. hit that huck and there's a roll there and there's a thread the needle. And I bit it on that roll, not that day, but about a year ago. And it flipping hurt, man. It hurt. And I have no desire to do that roll again. It was enough for me that I attempted it. And I go back and I look at the footage and I got the roll done. It was the exit. It was that bleed out of the roll that, that bit me. And I, when I, whenever I walk up to that or roll up to it, I just think to myself, I feel redeemed. I can ride through TNA. <laughs> you know, I've done all the features on TNA outside of that hook. And I don't need to do the roll again. So I just want to free a lot of you who think like on a setback means you have to revisit the scene of the crime every time in order to stay resilient. And that's just not true. And it's probably not healthy for some of you to do that. Yeah, that's a great example. I mean, even that day, as we were looking at that roller that where the saddle came and hit you in the ribs, mm-hmm. um, we had that rider come by and he looked at you and he goes, hey, didn't I see you on this roller on a video and like really relive the moment? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, that was me. It was great to see you. And it was like, it didn't bother you at all. Like it wasn't no. like, yeah, I'm going to get back on this thing. I'm going to do that roller. Not you were, you, you had a, a great place in your mind and where you were with that. You had a good boundary. Like I'm happy with where I am. And yeah. this, uh, that was me. That was a great day. Good to see you. Yeah. I want to, I appreciate that Mark. And, and, and it is hard in a lot of cultures because we, man, we in our, we're in a world of highlight reels, right? Every Instagram story that somebody puts up, every filter that they throw on there with the dope ass music and the and the clever captions and everything. And we start going, why am I not as good as them? I've been doing it longer than some people. Why am I not as good as people who have been doing this for a shorter time than I have? And that will absolutely wreck you. Mm-hmm. And, and it will keep you from being resilient, guarantee it. And it'll keep you from being gritty because it'll probably make you give up. It'll probably make you feel like you can't keep up. And what you need to just focus on you, <laughs> You're right? Your stage of progression. Mark, you and I have these talks about it. I love it. One of the best things that I've heard from Mark that I, I love, I usually get up and I just go, you know what? I want to I wanna be successful today. I don't even just mean financially. Like I just want to, I want to leave today better than yesterday. But Mark has this phrase, win the day, right, yeah, Mark? That's right. Yeah. Explain that to everyone. Win the day is just a, a thought process that I gleaned from the uh, some of my friends on the NFL side. And it just means really compartmentalizing the day. And if you think of the day as a game, like you're you're set out to win this day, this game, this day. And, and every time you wake up, you get a new opportunity to play this game. And you can break it up into quarters. You got your first quarter in the morning. That's typically like what, you know, I need to make lunch for the kids. I need to do this right. I need to get to the gym, whatever it is. There are things that we're always challenged by, and you can actually win that quarter. But there's always that voice in your head that says, ah, maybe if I just uh, skip out on this, and then you feel bad later because you know you could have done it. So winning the day really just compartmentalizes certain things that come up in your day. You know that you can overcome these things. You know you can win these things, 
And if you put it in that win the day mindset, it actually kind of gamifies it in a sense. Like you can lose the first and second quarter and that's okay because we're not going to look back on quarter one and two. Those things are done, but we can sure enough go out and win quarter three and four and win the entire day. I love that. Knowledge. I love that (laughs) so much, Mark. Yeah, man, that makes me smile. And, you know, occasionally I'll, I'll just hit you up and be like, hey, bro, win the day, man. I <laughs> love those text messages, man. <laughs> I'm like, that's right. Second quarter's right around the corner. <laughs> Second quarter's coming up. I love that. So win the, win the day. And when it comes to this idea of boundaries, set your boundaries. You set your boundaries. Nobody else. I had mentioned, I think, the first time you and I got to talk on your podcast, um, I really hate some of the language we have. Like, I'm out of my comfort zone. You know what I mean? I, I just hate that. It, it's better to honestly tell yourself you're expanding your comfort zone. You are expanding your boundaries. The reality is when you try something new, you're not completely void of every skill set that has brought you success in your life. You're simply expanding in a new territory and you're expanding boundaries. Be very selective about what those boundaries are, not just in what you're doing, but who you're with. Okay. I love this. Rich on two wheels meeting Mark, taking his saying when the day has really helped me in my rehab. Get it, Rich. Uh, yeah, that's, that's so awesome. good. Rich is recovering from surgery right now, mountain bike injury. So he's in it right now. He's in it, I but he's a couple that. weeks out. I love that. Well, this is a, this is another good segue then to talk about another key component. So, you know, when we talk about resiliency and grit, we're talking about purpose is one component, especially this quest for resiliency. Purpose is one component of it. Boundaries is another component of it. A vital component because it's tied to your purpose is connection. You're going to need good people around you. And I genuinely mean good people around you. People who don't correct your emotional perspective every chance they get. People who are willing to acknowledge your emotional perspective. An example of that is how many times you've been around somebody and you're like, I'm really nervous or I feel so bad that I did that thing. Or, you know, I'm really pissed off about what they said to me. And right away, the other person, usually with good intent, but it's misplaced, goes, don't be mad. You don't need to be mad. Oh, don't worry. You don't, you don't have anything to worry about. Right. They don't it's validate dis- your feelings. They just it, tell you. <laughs> yes. And what it does is it makes you feel stupid. It makes you feel like, well, now my not only did that thing upset me or make me scared, or I'm worried about it. Now I feel dumb for even feeling that. And someone else is telling me how I should feel. And you have all that to unpack all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> It's horrible, right? So <laughs> right. the best thing you can do, listen, if you're on the receiving end of someone sharing feelings, you're the best thing you can do is just to understand it and get around people when you're trying to be resilient and grow your resiliency who understand what you're going through. Because understanding doesn't equal agreement. Mark and I can be completely at odds on things, politically, spiritually, anything, financially, whatever. And and yet I can gain understanding of why he believes what he believes and he can gain understanding of why I believe what I believe and yet still make different decisions. Okay. So acknowledge those feelings and get around people who are willing to connect with you, who genuinely see you. Okay. Who allow you to be you, you know, there's this secret. There's actually a psychological secret. We like being around people who allow us to show the things that we love best about ourselves. That's how we actually choose friends and connections. Do these people allow me to be me? Because that means that you feel safe around them. So when you fall or call it whatever you want, you fail, you have a setback, you have a crisis, you have people around you that you can be real about that with. I failed. You know what? I even had a lapse of judgment. 
I did something completely against my values. I did something I said I would never do and, and, and I'm wrecked. And I'm hoping right now that you have people that you can get around like that or that are around you like that, that you can be that real with who withhold judgment and are able to sit with you empathetically in that moment mm -hmm. on it, because that's going to help your resiliency. Yeah. And that's yeah. something you have control over, you know, yes. it's mm -hmm. great. Ramoa is saying facts, be a good listener. I'm going to drop just come bonus bombs here and keep this so organic. Listening comes in three levels. Okay. Uh, level one is just audible hearing. I can hear uh, like my, my family, we're having a later dinner right now. So my family's getting dinner together. I have no context for it outside of, I audibly can hear that. Okay. It, it's not drawing my attention towards it. This is being on the phone with someone and putting them on speaker and then flipping through Instagram. This is the most base level of hearing that you could possibly have. Mm. The next level up is called listening for understanding. Okay. And now you at least need to go for this. This is when you become curious. You're not flipping through Instagram. You're engaged in the conversation. You're asking questions because you're trying to gain understanding. However, there's no emotional risk involved. You're not emotionally tied to what's being said at all. So really the level you're going for when we're talking about being a good listener and, and again, under the umbrella of having connection for your resiliency is the ability then to listen with empathy. This is where you risk caring. I care about your feelings and I don't need to solve your problems. I will sit with you with your problems. I will make myself available to you. I will weep with you and celebrate with you. I will say hard truths to you because I care. I will say them with compassion and kindness. That's what you want. So if you are one of those people who are at level one, and we all are guilty of this, I've been guilty of this, make a commitment to yourself. Try and be a level three listener for someone. Have some empathetic attachment to people in your lives. Care. Let them know you care. Tell people. Mark, how many times do you hear me? Every chance I get, I tell you how important you are to me and how, how grateful I am that you've come into my life. True or false? True. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't care. I don't, I don't care how often I have to say it. I want you to know that I see you. That's what I'm saying with that, man. I see you and you, I, I want you to be seen, heard and valued in my life. My hope is that any of my friends that I have, you know, when I'm out with the flock and the flock is all of you, it's all of you. But you know, when you see the people who pop up normally in my videos, master Joseph, Robert, nor, you know, the normal squad that I'm right with electric Nick, uh, yeah. uh, you know, I don't want to forget anybody, you know, good the, dude, the so, yeah, it's so good, you know, Robert. the UOSO cows, the, uh, like everybody who joined MTV Morris, I value you. And I, and I really, I mean that. So when people hit me up, they're like, Hey, can we ride sometime? I actually have a list. I don't forget those people. I have a list. And it's like, if I can make it happen, I'm going to try and make that happen. Yeah. You know? That's very cool. Yeah. We had you and Jeff Kroom on a, on a squad ride. And that was like, this is great. <laughs> the best. Jeff's another great guy. Another great guy for sure. Isaiah's asking, how would you mitigate failed expectations? Is it, a, uh, is it explaining expectations or, or changing them? I need a little more clarification, meaning you've let somebody else's, someone had expectations of you and you failed that, or you had expectations and they failed. I would say, depending on what that is, going back to the whole first question, who are you? When you know who you are and you operate out of values, you're the one who gets to change the expectations. That's mm. it. 
And uh, failures, by the way, should absolutely be embraced. You will not have success without failure. That's right. Yeah. Fail forward, right? Exactly. Fail forward. And conflict should be an opportunity for you, not something to run from when you have a, a conflict with somebody or connect, you know, you're trying to connect and you're conflicting with them. It doesn't always mean war. It doesn't mean that they're your enemy because you disagree. I would say you're the one who gets to change your expectations. If you let somebody else down, you would have to examine the commitment you made to that person. And did you fail in the commitment? Or do they have an emotional perspective, possibly something that's called a cognitive distortion, where they had you up here and they didn't tell you what the rules of engagement were and you failed them? And I would say be true to your values and beliefs. Always operate out of that and be you. And simply not tell them, hey, you did this to me. You expected it, so that's on you. Just simply know the impact it has on you. That's the mm -hmm. best place to operate from. You don't go, you're wrong. I know what you were thinking. You let yourself down by believing in me on this. Or just say, just say the impact it has on you. You know, we, we didn't have a discussion on that. And I don't want to let you down. So hearing that I let you down in some way because of a discussion we didn't have or something wasn't made clear really disappoints me. Mm -hmm. You just mm -hmm. you didn't blame them at all on that, right? right? It gives them the chance to change expectations of you. Right. Yeah. yeah oh, that's so nice, trail dogs. I always yeah. feel seen by me. Thank you. I somebody once somebody once that's awesome, trail dogs. Somebody once told me, seek first to understand, then to be understood. Of it. And it's great. I that's don't know who came up with great. that, but I, I use that a lot. It's it's absolutely great advice on it. I want to be respectful of the fact that, that we only have an hour. So I want to drop a real a couple tools in here for you. I will say that the, the other two things I want to say about resiliency and grit, uh, purpose is a key component. Connection is a key component. Your boundaries is a key component. The last two key components of that is awareness. And I'm talking about self-awareness. Mm -hmm. Grow your self-awareness. Self-awareness is understanding how you come across to other people and the impact you're having on them. Okay. Good, good leaders. Uh, Good leaders make a difference in the lives of people when they're in their presence, and that impact is felt in their absence. Okay, leave people better than you found them. Be self aware. And the other component is this idea of agility, specifically emotional agility. You need to be able to have more emotional literacy so that you can be resilient. A study was done by Brene Brown 15,000 people were surveyed and asked, How many emotions do you feel a day? And the average number was three. Three. I'm either happy, sad, or angry. Wow. Think about what that, that leaves you with. It doesn't leave you with any options. Well, this is my choices, right? <laughs> right. All day? You, yes. <laughs> you can't be agile, emotionally agile, if you're not emotionally literate. Your goal is to try and experience at a minimum 30. You're not angry. You're disappointed. You're not angry. You're put out. You know what I mean? You're frustrated. Mm -hmm. You're not sad. You're bored. You're not happy. You're flipping elated. Right. Or you're joyful or you're amused. Yeah, we're just warming up. Yeah. Exactly, exactly right. Craig is saying, I feel the same way about Mark. I text him shortly after we had met and told him how genuine he is. Love uh, that. Listen, thanks, anyone Craig. who's been around you, Mark, and around Joey, around the trail dogs, uh, like, hey, Master Jay's on here. Yeah. <laughs> Master Jay and Robert are on here. That's so sweet. Sweet. Um, uh, good people cherish them cherish good people uh, in your life. So I want to give you those two other tools. Those are the five components to, to build resiliency, but I want to give you a tool that we use. Uh, it's called narrative coaching. As a coach, I use this with clients or I'll use it with groups. I'm going to drop it on you all to do narrative self-coaching. And hopefully this will make sense to you. But 
essentially this is when things aren't working for you anymore. I don't care what it is, fill in the blank. Your relationship isn't working for you anymore. Your job doesn't work for you anymore. Your skills on the mountain bike don't work for you anymore. Your finances, who you look at in the mirror, it's not working for you anymore. Narrative coaching would say this, there's gonna be, imagine just a square and uh, divided into four sections. So it looks like a window pane. And narrative coaching would say that the first two upper squares is called the outer reality. And the bottom squares are going to be called the inner. And that's where you can do some exploration. So that first upper left-hand square is something that we call uh, the author square. And this is about what is the current situation. And we call it the author square because you're the one writing the narrative in your mind. And your thoughts affect your feelings, which affects your behavior. That's the secret to life. Uh, and that's not from me. That's old, ancient wisdom. Your thoughts affect your feelings, which affect your behavior. Even though we experience the world through emotion first, you're going to attach a thought to it. Okay. The average emotion, by the way, they've tracked. Average emotion only lasts 7 to 15 seconds. Dang. There's a mind blow for you. Right. 7 to 15 seconds. That's not to say heartbreak doesn't endure or loss of somebody right? There are setbacks that endure. We're talking about on average seven to 15 seconds. It's what you choose to think about after that, that allows it to ruminate. That's the and key from spot. that, yeah. that, that's right. That, that's the key spot, what you choose to. Yes. 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 And so we call it the author portion of narrative coaching because you're going to write a story and you recognize the story doesn't work for you. Your current situation doesn't work. So let's go inward now. Okay. Let's take it from being an author to now being an actor and we are going to search for other possibilities. So if the first is, this is what currently is going on. The second is going to be a, what if, Hey, what if I didn't do this anymore? What if I had that conversation? What if I started working out? What if I tried that jump? You're going to give a whole laundry list of possibilities because now you're an actor exploring roles. That's what you're going to be doing. Okay, so you go from the current situation, you go, that doesn't work. It's no longer an option for me anymore. I'm going to rewrite a different narrative. As scary as it might be for me, I will move through fear. And I'm going to start authoring something else. I haven't acted it out yet. I'm exploring it as an actor. And out of those possibilities, you're going to pick one or two of them. That sounds good. And you're going to shift over into the bottom right portion of that. And that's where you will become an agent for yourself. Yeah. Everything, everybody likes to alliterate. So we're an author and then we're an actor and now we're an agent. And so the original thing was, this is what is the current situation. We explore what if, but now we've honed in on one or two and we're going to, we're going to explore what matters. And here you role play it. What would it look like for me to act like this? What would it look like for me to hit that jump? What would it look like me even to, st to stop drinking, to stop swearing, to stop taking drugs, to treat my partner a little better, to be more kind, to be open and honest about who I care about and the impact that they've had on my life. Okay. From that in your role playing, that will go from an internal to an external. And now you become an activist. This is, you're gonna explore what works, what is sustainable. This is your new reality. You have shifted from the old reality by putting out other possibilities, honing in on one or two, living out of that and seeing if that works. And if it doesn't, you just rinse and repeat. That doesn't work. Great, I've eliminated some, I didn't fail. I'm closer to success and who I wanna be. I'm gonna keep right. doing this. It's awesome. Didn't cost you anything. Right. Just a little bit of time. Just a little bit of time. Yeah. Exactly right. So I, I definitely want to give you that that tool right there. And that's called narrative self-coaching. Okay. Love it. Love it. Um, and the last thing, uh, and then I'll open up to I want to definitely address questions as as we wind down. 
is the other thing I get asked a lot is this idea of fear or stress. I'm too stressed to do that. I'm too scared to do it. I, that gives me anxiety when I think about it. And so there's something called a uh, cognitive restructuring technique that you can use. And it's very easy to remember because it's just A, B, C, D, E. Just remember the alphabet, A, B, C, D, E. And so you're fine. You're sitting there and you're fine. And then all of a sudden something happens and you're not fine. And it could be a, an external event that happened that you witnessed or that happened to you like a wipeout and you're not fine. You're messed up. Snake. Or it's an internal event. What's that? <laughs> I said snake. Snake. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We had a friend. We had a friend, the one who named Master Joseph, Brian Shaquin. He, he wiped out recently. And he wiped out because he was avoiding a rattlesnake. And he ended oh. up wiping out in front of the snake. Oh, <laughs> 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 but this can be um, uh, uh, a, a, an internal, like, you know, the, the, the stories we play in our mind or an external event that happens. Um, you need to find out A stands for activating event. Just remember that you're going to go A, B, C, D, E activating event. Uh, what happened? You weren't fine or you were fine. Now you're not fine. What's the event and be specific mm -hmm. about it. Right. The event wasn't, I went for a ride. The event was I flipping wiped out and I broke my collarbone. Okay. Okay. What was the activating event? And internally it might be, well, I was fine. I was, you know, making lunch. And then I thought about a conversation I've been putting off. Hmm. That one sucks. Mm -hmm. Then you move to B, A, B. B is what's the belief behind that event? What do you believe about it? You mm. wiped out on your bike. So I believe I suck and I can't jump. I'm not going to do jumps then. That's what I believe. I believe I suck. I believe everyone else is better than me. I believe that if I have that conversation with that person, they will hate me forever. I'm going to say the wrong things. I'll have the wrong tone, the wrong body language. They're going to hate. I'm going to ruin a relationship if I have that conversation. Mm -hmm. If I quit my job, I will never find a job. That will be that will pay me as much. I will never be successful on my own. Yeah, all those what ifs. Yeah, right. So activating event and then the belief. C stands for consequences. You need to examine the consequences of the belief. That's what the consequences are. So I believe I suck at jumping. What are the consequences? I won't work on my jumping game. And mm. guess what happens? <laughs> I don't get that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, I need to have this conversation with someone. I believe I'm going to ruin it. The consequences are I don't have the conversation and the relationship dissolves because mm -hmm. of what's called an emotional debt or, you know, an unaddressed conflict. <sighs> so ABC, uh, activating event, the belief, the consequences. Here's where the hope is. It, it lies in the, in the letter D. You're going to debate and dispute that belief because the belief that. is a cognitive distortion. So, right, take it to court. Is it true that I suck at jumps? No, what's really true is I haven't put enough time in on the jumps. What's true is I'm a novice and I tried a jump that was too advanced for me. That's the truth. Uh, is it true this person's gonna hate me? No, the totality of our relationship has shown that we've had really hard conversations and I could probably have this one, I'm just too scared to. I have enough trust, I have enough trustworthiness in my, in, in my trust bank with them to have the conversation. So I'm gonna have it with them. Because when you dispute the belief, the consequences change. You don't limit yourself anymore. Now things are possible, which leads to the letter E, where you're going to examine what has changed for you. Usually mm -hmm. by this point, you've calmed down a little bit. You've gone from a 10 on anxiety to maybe an eight. What has changed for you at this point? Because you've disputed it. And now your mind is in the prefrontal cortex and you're, and you're at the whole thought process. Your command center is in control, not the amygdala, not like the emotions. The emotions get to inform you. They don't get to drive. Okay. Yeah. That's the lizard brain, right? Exactly right. Yeah. It, it gets very, yeah, lizard brain, the reptile brain. It gets very um, uh, primitive. 
uh, on that. And usually it doesn't lead to anything good. It leads to some short-term things. And when it comes to grit, grit is not about short-term. Grit isn't talent and it's not skill. And it's no matter how much you want it in the short-term, grit is the long-term. Ask yourself, if you want to test your grittiness, find something you really want and then ask yourself a hard question. What am I willing to do to get it? What am I willing to go through to get that thing? Hmm. Okay. Let's, should we take some questions? I know I talked a yeah. lot because we had an hour, but I love this stuff, Mark. This, I love this, it. So. This is great. I love it. No, thank you for doing all of this and, and getting us all into that. The A, B, C, D, E. I love the letter D, the, the hope. Mm -hmm. Take that sucker to court, especially if it's like an anxiety attack or all these yeah. what ifs that aren't true. Take it to court, examine it, yeah. challenge it. Exactly I, right. I love that. Bait and dispute uh, it. Yeah, we definitely had some questions here okay. um, from the folks. Um, Octodad out in New Zealand. What's up, Marty? He says, how do you deal with people? How to take feedback personally, bottle it up, and then get angry at you? Yeah, that's a great question. I actually just got, I, I did a whole facilitation of a group training, and this question gets brought up a lot. What if someone's being irrational? What if they take it wrong? What if they lash out in anger at you? Here's the hard truth. You are not in control of somebody else's feelings. You're not. And you don't get to control their emotional perspective. You just don't. So how I deal with people who take feedback personally is I have to treat it like passing clouds. And I, and I have to normalize, is the term I use, I have to normalize the conversation. What I don't do is give them more reason to take it personally. What I don't do is kind of sheepishly go up and go, Hey, we have to have a talk and it's going to be a big one. And, uh, you know, can you talk about it like three weeks from now or something like, and delay it. And then like, you know, they're stewing on it. Uh, I'll give you some statistics. Cause like I said, I do geek out over this stuff. Uh, a lot of times people say their number one fear when it comes to conversational resiliency is saying the wrong thing. So let me just free you. Only 7% of communication are the words you say. Only seven. Wow. 93 is nonverbal. 55% is body language. 38% is your tone. So it's not what you say, Octodad. It's how you say it. And the number one thing you can do if you know you're going to go into a conversation with somebody who might personalize it and take it wrong and lash out at you is don't think about the words you have to say. Think about the conditions of the conversation, not the context. If you create a safe space, you could talk to people about sex, finances, addictions, uh, politics, religion, anything, if they feel safe. If you notice that they start to don't feel safe, do what you can to make them feel safe again. And in order to do that, they need to respect you and they need to know that you have their best interests at heart. It's a really good question. It's super nuanced. But I would just tell you, you don't get to control somebody else's perspective on that. You control you. That's what you do. That's fantastic. 7%. That is bananas. And that's a right. great reminder whenever there's some kind of a conversation not mm -hmm. to have something like that over text message because the 93% can't be seen <laughs> right. or, or really heard. Mark, you're bringing up something. There's actually a term now. I just went through a whole workshop. It's really fascinating. It's like the latest neuroscience right now and how people like make decisions and their behavior. And now there's a term called digital body language and it all has to do with texting. You can say the word nope a hundred different ways. Nope with no punctuation. Nope with an exclamation point. Nope with a smiley face. Nope with a period. 
and it's taken a hundred different ways. And so it becomes this uh, ability to be very intentional and knowing who you're talking to in order to drive connection with somebody else. Mm. So emojis are good. <laughs> <laughs> emojis are good. <laughs> Kelly's saying I talk more than he does. Wow. Kelly's not his match. Yeah. <laughs> Colorado kid. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. So, uh, I don't yes. want to miss anybody. Is there anything else that, that, that you think we should address? Uh, let's see. MT, uh, Trail Dogs MTB says, how do we schedule a coaching with you, Adam? Oh, oh, that's so nice. Well, one, y'all have my number, but two, <laughs> uh, people, <laughs> you can go on to adammock.com. Uh, you can hit me up through there. Any of you who have, have my number, you can, you can shoot me a text and uh, you know, we can set up a time. I usually do a free 30-minute consult first because I don't assume that I'm the right fit for people. I don't assume that I'm the right right coach for people uh, all the time, or that I I can help them. I really need to know what is going on with them. I've fired clients before where you know it hasn't worked, or I've told people I'm not the right right person for you on that. But uh, for those of you who don't know, you can go to adammock.com, learn more about me there. Shoot me a DM at uh, at adammock.lcs for leadership coaching specialist. Adammock.lcs on my Instagram, and uh, I check my DMs on there, so you can always get a hold of me that way too. That's fantastic. Adam, I have, I have a question for you. When it comes to riding your mountain bike on the trails, what is some good mindset that we could have when we want to progress, but that noise of, you know, anti-resilience is a little bit louder than our, our normal thoughts. Is there anything that you use, any tools that you use? And maybe it's something you had already spoke of tonight, but what do you, yeah, what do you use? I, I would say um, I I would go back to what I had talked about. Name it. The second that voice pops up and keeps you from doing something, your heart wants to do something, and then this this background noise pops up, being like, "But you're going to get hurt again, or is that wise? Or you're not you're not good enough." Be very specific about what the fear is, so you can address the fear, the trepidation, the hesitation, the thing that's holding you back. That's that's what you need to do. So name it. Get very specific. You're on your bike and you've had a setback, you need to say, I am scared to jump. So in the meantime, I'm going to remind myself how comfortable I am on my bike in every other realm. I'm going to hit that tech. I'm going to ride those berms. I'm going to take that downhill. I'll go into the dust. I'll hit the bike parks and then be smart about it. You know that you're scared to hit the jump that you wiped out on. So hit a smaller one, work Mm -hmm. back up to it. And give yourself the space. Remember, we talked about boundaries. Mm-hmm. Slowly increase your boundaries back to where you were, and you'll probably exceed them after that. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. That's good stuff. Red Dad. It's so funny. Adam Miller and I were talking today about clipless because I was, I was, I'm a little curious about clipless, and he, and he's like, I got you, fam. So, and then the second he said that, I was like, uh, I, do I really not want to have like free feet? <laughs> <laughs> do I want to be locked in? So I, I rode with Adam Miller in in uh, in Cathedral Valley out in Palm Springs, and there was some loose techie stuff that we went through. And he is able to unclip. I was amazed on how easily and effortlessly he was able to unclip on yeah. sharp, almost ninety degree corners while we're kind of drifting. Uh-huh. And uh, I guess there is a way, and it didn't look. He made it look effortless. 
So I don't know if that brings I don't you confidence know if in that. Chill as Rad Dad is to be because Rad Dad's so chill. He's just so even keel, right? So like he just like boop, just unclips and does like, okay, yeah, I got it, right? And me, I'd be like, what the flip is going? What if, like, I'm locked in, I'm dead sailoring. What is happening? <laughs> yeah, I found myself like watching the trail. Where am I gonna be? How am I gonna take this corner? And then I catch his foot just sticking out on the side to catch his body. I'm like, how did he unclip? Oh crap, there's the corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's here's, so funny. Here's one from from Trail Dogs. Here says, yeah. "How do you? Oh, Joey's got it. How do you coach someone in life or mm -hmm. mountain biking? I want to be proficient in communication and skill building okay. techniques." Great question. Anyone who wants to be a coach, uh, let me give you some tips on on what coaching is and isn't. That'll probably really help you on how to coach. Mm. Coaching is about uncovering. That's what it is sometimes discovering or rediscovering for people. Think about it as um, someone knows there's something of value in their backyard. There's a treasure back there and you're just helping them dig. The treasure is all theirs. Okay. Mm. You're not telling them how to dig. You're helping them dig. You're honing in with them. Hey, we know we've tried over here. Maybe we should try over here. And they don't feel alone in that effort, which is probably a great analogy for you all because you, you have your jump line. Trail dogs are always building, you know, jumps and trails and such. It's the ability to work with someone and help them uncover. Now, sometimes it gets confused and it, it will weave in and out of two other things. One is uh, consulting and consulting is teaching. So if I'm facilitating a workshop, I'm doing a lot of consulting slash coaching. I'm teaching, I'm dropping knowledge. But coaching is a lot less speaking and a lot more listening, which is why I gave you those three levels. So listen more. Mm -hmm. And the other is counseling. And counseling deals with the past. I dabble in that a little bit, but I don't like to remain there because a lot of times it just keeps people rooted. Uh, but sometimes you have to. People have to bring up the event that happened in order to move forward. And other people are best left not bringing it up uh, at all. It'll, it'll wreck them. So uh, to answer your question, how do you coach someone in life? Mountain biking, I want to be proficient in communication and skill building techniques. Listen to what they want, meet the need, and help them uncover who they are on their bike, on the trails in life. Love it. That's such good stuff. Dang, Adam Mock, that, that, is, that is so good. Everyone's saying we need a part two for Adam Mock. I'm but, down, um, man. I love hanging out with you and, and everyone. So. <laughs> so so great. You know, I don't know if it would fit into your videos, but what it, I don't know. Maybe we can ask the the audience too. I would love to see some of this stuff. I would totally tune in. I tune into your videos anyway. But if there's any way to weave this information into your into your channel, that you know awesome. what? When I first started my channel, that was the focus. I, I it was really about like what the trails are teaching you about life, and then it just got hard. Because, you know, sometimes like, you, especially when a channel is new, you feel like you're talking to yourself, you don't have an audience, so there's not a lot of feedback and, and reception to it. And uh, that was just challenging. I don't want to force it because the reality is um, you want to be invited into that space with people. Now, if they choose to watch a the channel, they are, but some people are going to choose to watch it just because they want to see the trail, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe they'll stick around for other things. I try and weave it in where I can. If you all want to see more of that, honestly, let me know because my brain is going 100 miles an hour when I'm on the trails. And sometimes it's not even about the trails. It's literally about this stuff anyway. So I, I could just start spouting. It's like Tony, right? Like outsider. He's so good at just like talking and writing at the same time. I, I could yeah. just be like, not, you know, Open yeah. up the, the flow. Or, or maybe it's like a, a pearl at the end of the video upon the close on mm -hmm. something that the trail taught you or 
It's very G.I. Joe or Mr. T. Remember that? Like the more you know, knowing yeah. is half the battle. <laughs> That's right. And knowing is half the battle. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I really appreciate it. If anybody wants to get a hold of you, Adam, for more information like this, um, tell them again where, where they can find sure. you. Sure. Go to adammock.com. Put both the M's in there, A-D-A-M-M-O-C-K.com. You can learn a little bit more about me there. You can uh, you know, leave a comment for me on YouTube or go to adammock.lcs on Instagram. Uh, you can find me there. I have a really dead Facebook page. So if you're hitting me up with friend requests or anything like that on Facebook, don't take it personally if that hasn't like happened. We haven't connected. I, I don't go there. I don't do a lot of LinkedIn. You might see my profile out there on some things. But uh, I really prefer to keep it as real as possible. So I prefer using Instagram or, you know, hit me up with an email or, or a phone call. I'll be happy to uh, to do that. Hey, by the way, I, I want to ask this right now, as long as we have like a, a group in here. One of the things I've been thinking of, and please tell what's Facebook, Red Dead, correct me <laughs> up. Um, uh, one of the things I've been thinking about doing, and let me know if there's any interest in this, because I really have to gauge interest if I'm going to go full out on this. I would love to do a weekend uh overnight of doing a uh, leadership development. It's a lot of what I was just talking about today. We talk about resiliency, about having crucial conversations or courageous conversations, different communication styles, emotional intelligence, but packing it into a ride back to back. Like I always imagine being able to do something like we ride snow summit. We do an overnight with some good drinks, good food, great people, and uh, unpack this stuff after you know we've been spent on the trails and get up and we ride again and have chance to interact one-on-one -on -one while we're riding next to each other, as well as in a group setting. If there's interest for that, please let me know because I would love, we have such a great community in mountain biking. It'd be kind of cool to get everyone together for something like that. I think that'd be awesome. I'm, I'm in, I think that's a great idea. That'd be so fun. Just able to spend time with each other yeah. as well as ride and, and get more information like this. Yeah. Yeah. For Just sure. let, let you know on all those different on all those different channels, your Instagram. And I noticed when you said your Instagram, that's different than your mountain biking Instagram. Oh, no, no, no. My Instagram is my Instagram is on Instagram. You, you see me. Uh, oh, that's so nice, Tim. Uh, my Instagram, I, I, I keep my lane. You're going to see if you go through my feed, if, if any of you haven't checked out my Instagram, you're going to see a column of talking heads. That's me just trying to drop some knowledge. I think this information should be out there for people. It has radically changed my life, radically changed it. So I'll drop some knowledge. I'll drop some inspirational words or quotes or thoughts. And then I'll show you art because some of you know me as an artist. I've been a professional artist for over 20 years. And some of you think I'm, I'm just in that realm. I believe in the Renaissance spirit. So I don't believe in being a one trick pony. I want to live the full breath of life on, on all of this. So I love doing leadership development. I love doing my art. So that's my Instagram. And in my stories is where I do a little more of the mountain biking. Hey, a new video is up and this is what's going down. And, uh, and then YouTube is a mountain biking platform, which might evolve into something else. Wow. I appreciate all that positivity from you all. Yeah. Everyone wants make to, a guy's heart smile. Everyone wants to do that, do that weekend. That'd be great. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we were so lucky to have Adam Ock on. Um, you know, he talks to big brands like Nike, the Jordan brand, Hall of Famers. He also realizes that those are tools for all of us. So, Adam, I really appreciate you being on here. I really mean it. I'm yeah, so man. stoked that you were able to share this information with us all. And uh, is there anything that you'd like to say as we close down the podcast before we go tonight? Uh, hey, I just want to say thank you. And this community 
is special. All of you who are engaging in the chat, from uh, my friends who I get to see and ride with regularly to, to some of you that I'm trying to connect with and, uh, and such. The, every time we all get a chance to connect, like I, it's not lost to me how special it is. There's something happening here that we're all a part of. That's when I, you hear me say flock, that's not just Robert, Master Joseph, and Norn. Right? Like, this is everybody. This is birds of a feather flocking together. And so I, I love how great this community is, how supportive it is. Uh, and I, I, if I could say anything at the end, uh, it's what I leave everyone with at the end of my videos. Cause I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I wish y'all peace and love. So go with that. Go with that. Do great things. I love it. Adam Mock, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to hear more, check him out on Instagram or check out his website at adammock.com with the two M's, A-D-A-M-M-O-C-K dot com and we look forward to seeing you all on the trails and thank you so much for being here tonight see y'all later Whoop. you